The Kia Optima first came onto the Australian market in 2011. It's a medium-sized car. It succeeded the Magentus, although the Optimum name had already been in use in the US. The new model in 2011, with a new name, was, I believe, a pivotal car for Kia. Kia had improved its qualities and features pretty well up to that point, although ride and handling maybe are still a bit behind. With the Optima, they produced a very good-looking car with a comprehensive amount of features. Kia has just launched the second-generation Optima. It has two versions, the base model SI at 34500 and the top-of-the-range GT at 44000 plus on-road costs. Paul Morell from practicalmotoring.com.au and I were at the launch and Paul joins us on the line to chat about how good or not the new model is. Paul, I'd have to say that I like the design of the old one, but this one goes a nice step further. The first one had a few sharp design edges to it, almost a bit of a brash kid on the block. This new one, it's still good, but it's a little bit more mature. It doesn't make it boring, but it just is more quietly confident in its position, to my mind. Am I being a bit over the top? No, David, no, I don't think so at all. Um this particular category, the mid-sized saloon, is a very conservative segment and what happens is that the car design tends to reflect obviously the desires of the buyers. So the design itself becomes fairly, to be kind, let's call it anodyne. Um, Peter Schreyer, who is now designing for Kia, uh, is a little bit braver and the, the first Optima had some nice curves and kicks and, and elements about it. But as you said, to some extent, some of those things were just a little bit over the top for their conservative buyers. And I think you made the point at the launch that things like the, the mag wheels that looked a bit sort of backward cap-ish, um, they've been toned down. Yeah, they had a, original mag wheels which were very full and only had sort of slight slits in them. They looked a little bit like those aftermarket ones you buy to put a bit of bling on your car. And I don't think that's really where the market was coming from. It It didn't didn't enhance it as much as a good set of, better set of mag wheels could have. No, and in fact, as, as it didn't enhance it as much as I think the current mag wheels do. It has 17-inch uh, and 18-inch wheels, and I think they suited much, much more than the, the slightly over-the-top previous one. Mm. Mm. Yeah, now, it's a, a bigger, 10 millimetres uh, longer, for 25 millimetres wider, 10 mil- millimetres higher, not, not huge amounts, half an inch, an inch here and there. Uh, but uh, an example of what's happening in the market, I guess. Very much so. The just just increasing those those numbers almost minimally seems to give you a bit more shoulder room and a bit more headroom and a bit more legroom in the rear. It's quite incredible how how designers and engineers can can all just get little tiny increments that that all add up to an improvement. The the suspension on it to the first one probably still wasn't its strongest feature the new one stiffer body bit better suspension is it working out better uh, it's look the car has a bit of a split personality david and i think we need to make it clear for your listeners that the entry level which is the si is designed for the fleet market hence it's sort of low entry price at 34 490 um the gt is to me, the GT is better in almost every measurable factor. Um, but then there's a big jump in price, so you pay for that improvement. So when we talk about the suspension, yes, indeed, I found that the SI was not quite as good as the GT 
when it came to suspension, when it came to steering response, when it came to all those those dynamics factors. And that's not to criticise the SI. It's a very, very good car. It's just that when you put it side by side with the GT, you start to see that the DT is just that little bit better and then you start to see how much better the SI perhaps could have been. Yeah, I didn't think it had sort of a real on or off sharpness in the turn in and that, yet I thought it was fairly sure-footed when we're going up through Macquarie Pass, you know, with some 25 or slower kilometre an hour corners, uh, not to hound into them wildly, but when you're coming out of them and uphill, you, you really want the car to get the power to the ground comfortably and securely. I thought that did that pretty well without being a sports car handling vehicle. I agree. Again, we're talking about this particular category of, of car. Um, Kia did make the claim that it's, you know, to some extent it's a driver's car. Well, you know, it's, look, it's, it's more of a driver's car than the previous ones. It is perhaps more of a driver's car. And again, we're still talking about the GT in particular than previous uh, Korean cars. Um, look, it's an enjoyable thing to drive. It doesn't it doesn't let you down in any measurable way or any way that you would sort of suddenly leap up and down and wave your arms in the air. It is a very nicely pulled together car. And of course, as usual, um, the local input from the Kia guys has improved it. I didn't drive and driven the Korean spec car, but local input is is making these cars much much more suitable for for local conditions. Yeah, we talk about the two different models. The base model actually has the bigger engine, but the GT has a 2-litre twin-scroll turbo. Uh, the base model 2.4-litre engine, that was what was in the previous Optima, uh, probably a little bit wheezy, well, not bad, but uh, again, it's the distinction between getting towards a driver's car versus being a nice, good, fleet, solid performer. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. Um, I I and I don't know about you, but I never I never felt that I was being shortchanged in the previous one because all the previous models had the 2.4 litre naturally aspirated engine. Um, once again, it's only a matter of when you stand it, stack it up against the new 2 litre turbocharged engine that you see, as you say, a little bit wheezy. It has to work a little bit harder. It has to rev a little bit harder. It's not happy revving hard. Uh, that's the difference between, I guess, you know, 138 kilowatts versus 180 kilowatts. That's the difference between 241 newton meters and 350 newton meters. Those latter figures, which are in the GT, give you that little bit more in reserve. They give you that sort of more confidence to go into a to do an overtaking manoeuvre or to to cruise along at you know 110 at the open road speed limit. So, it's it's an interesting factor the way these very small changes again, incremental changes can improve. And of course, most car companies are now getting to the point where they're reducing the sizes of their engines for economy purposes and whatever, and getting more out of them. It's quite incredible. The uh, Kia has clearly said that they're not going to try and be just the cheapie on the block. They're not selling on price. Uh, this actually does put the price up a bit. If you go back to the previous Optima, it started at thirty-one and a half thousand. This one starts at thirty-four and a half thousand. So they're clearly not saying we're going to be the cheapest on the block. It's a brave call. Um, I can see exactly why they're doing it, and it, it comes, I guess, from their research that shows that once again in this segment, particularly with private buyers. Um, they're opting for the top spec models, so they're going for the top of the range in each in each each market um, and they also spotted that you know the real growth in the segment is happening at 60,000 plus which they're not into um, it's a, it's an interesting change in biodynamic if you like the way people 
are not going to go for the entry level. Obviously, obviously, fleet buyers don't have that much choice. They'll still stick with the the, the low spec models. But yes, it is. It's a call for a company that made its name on cheap and cheerful. Um, the move up market, I think, is a fairly brave one. They've moved beyond that psychological thirty thousand dollar thirty thousand dollar price point, and as we said before, the GT is is well into the forty thousand dollar mark plus on road costs. Yeah, it's uh, by the time you're you know forty four plus on roads, you'd be up around the forty eight, forty nine, maybe even touching the fifty thousand dollars. But then again, you you pay for that for a sort of SUV in that sort of class. Uh, uh, cheapers in the market would be the Holden Malibu, which is not selling well. With <laughs> there's a reason for that, David. <laughs> <laughs> I was choosing my words rather very, carefully. Very diplomatic, yes. Interestingly, you can get a Hyundai Sonata for about $30,000. But what Kia would say is that they only have two models, and so basically it's a mid-spec and a high-spec rather than necessarily just having a base spec to get into. Yeah, they don't but have those... what in industry terms is called the stripper, where it's had everything ripped out of it to get the, the headline price, and then people walk in and start adding, you know, ticking boxes and finding themselves pushing the price back up to where it, it is anyway. I quite like the interior of uh, the new Optima. I thought it just had a degree of refinement about it without being super luxury and sort of blingish over the top. It was it was nice. It had a good feel about it. It's a word we keep using, isn't it? Um, the degree of refinement. It's it's like the Koreans are learning very, very quickly and very, very well how to how to fulfil our requirements. I totally agree. The interior is, is very nicely done. Um, you know, I searched, I searched high and low for some hard plastics, which were always the definitive defining point with some of the Korean cars, and didn't find any. Uh, there was, you know, it's soft-touch materials everywhere. The, the tolerances were very tight. Uh, even little things like the graphic designs have been improved and, and made much more pleasant. Those things take take time to learn, but obviously the Koreans have learnt them well. Mm, yeah, that, the, the GT again I thought was better as a slight two-tone without being sort of a garish difference between the two, a subtle, uh, nice mixture uh, of uh, colour that they use in there, again, more traditional colours, but you know something that just highlights the interior a little more. They reckon they want to sell 3000 a year. Now, at the moment, so far this year, up to October, they've sold 833 to get to three thousand is going to push. We're going to have to push a bit hard. They are going to have to push hard, and it's a very, very competitive segment. I mean, when we talk about cars, obviously Camry dominates the segment, and then sort of daylight after that. But when we talk about a segment where you have the Mazda Six, the Ford Mondeo, the Subaru Liberty, the Hyundai Sonata, the Volkswagen Passat, the Honda Accord, I mean, that's a that's a very, very, very good collection of cars. And they have a fair spread of prices within that segment. So for the Kia to stand out, and Kia's problem is always going to be to get onto the I must go and try it list. You know, if I was doing a short list, you can almost, well, if most people are doing a short list in this category, you can guarantee it'll be Toyota, Mazda, Ford, and maybe one other. Now, if Kia don't, Kia, the Kia Optima will, will get buyers purely on its merits. If you drive it, then there's a good chance you'll say, yes, I can see where it's all happening and I can see the quality and I can see the value. But if you don't drive it, if you don't go into a showroom, that won't happen. And I don't quite know how you ever get over that hurdle of getting people to judge the car on its merits. You, you don't do it overnight, that's you for sure. You certainly don't, as many car companies have found to their cost. 
And I think what they've said, Kia, is that they have a consistent approach in their communication. They're not just pushing the price. They Well, they're not pushing the price really at all. They're certainly talking about features. And as I've always said, I had a mate who had a 156 Alfa Romeo and uh, he went was starting to look around, certainly wasn't going to make up his mind, walked into a Kia just out of spec and drove out in an Optima. Mm. He, he was very impressed. I mean, and, and that was the old model. And so the new model might uh, make for better. I would suggest all to right. your listeners that you don't make those decisions on the spur of the moment. I mean, I, your uh, no. mate hopefully made the right call, but... In some cases, you'll go in there and be sort of immediately impressed, drive out with the car, and three months later think, oh, I really didn't think this through very well. I'm not suggesting for a moment that would be the case with the Optima, but, you know, it's it's a considered purchase decision, and you really do need to take your time over, over signing the bottom of that contract. Well, that's what Kia wants. It wants you to take your time because while you might initially look at Toyota and Mazda, you, they want you to look around because they're more likely to pick you up on the looking around function rather than the impulsive one. Absolutely, and I think you know they have they have a strong a strong case. I mean, their uh, their whole industry leading seven year warranty and seven year cap price servicing and seven year roadside assist. Not only do they give buyers incredible. Um, confidence and, and security. They also work at improving the resale value. One of those factors that people tend to overlook when they're buying a car is what it's going to be worth in three or four years' time. Now, if you're able to sell a three or four-year-old car with a three or four years remaining on the warranty, um, that's going to give it increased value when the time comes to sell because the, the second buyer also has that reassurance of, I'm buying a car that's still covered by warranty. So it's a very, very clever marketing position. Yeah, and one that says, uh, as a company, we're backing our product. Oh, totally. Absolutely. You know, it's absolute confidence in our product. And Kia has said that it has done them very well and uh, not surprising. Paul, as always, informative and wonderful to talk to. Thanks again for your time. Thank you, David. And that's Paul Morell from practicalmotoring.com.au. And we were talking about the Kia Optima medium-sized sedan.